percent this year. Oh, Baron shoves it down on Kirilenko's head. What's up, podcast listeners? It's your boy Baron Davis, the newest investor in Blue Wire, ready to roll with you guys. Enjoy this podcast episode and so much more coming. Let's go, baby. Welcome into Thursday's edition of the OBR Newswire podcast. We hope you're doing well. Excited about today's show. I think we have pretty good lineup of discussion points that we are going to get to momentarily. Before we do so, big shout out to our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag, where you can use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get a welcome bonus and gear up your betting activity heading in to the NASCAR opportunities that are out there. MMA opportunities, golf's right around the corner, the NBA struck a deal to get going. Get over to betonline.ag, get that welcome bonus using the promo code BLUEWIRE, take advantage of the opportunity, some money in your account, go make some money. Again, that's betonline.ag. We thank them for their sponsorship. We have an interview set up here with Brent Sobleski. Um, We recorded this a couple nights ago, ran a little long, so we did not post it until today. So you'll hear me reference the days. Forget the days at which we talk about this posting. This posting, obviously, for you, uh, you folks here today on Thursday. Some good talking points about some feature articles he has coming weekly on the draft at the OBR that we are very, very excited about. And uh, you can find his first article on the OBR page still, pointing out some interesting draft topics. And again, expanding our coverage to 365 days a year. Draft coverage we're excited about. So let's get over to our interview with Brent Sogleski. Okay, bringing in Sobo, we are going to talk about his draft report. If you guys have not seen it, he is starting. Are you doing this weekly, my friend, the OBR draft report? That's the plan. Okay, um, cool. Unfortunately, as some who follow me on social media and in, in the forums know, that had a little bit of health scare last month, so it kind of put me back a month. Uh, but I've been cleared as of yesterday, still a little bit on light duty, but I'm getting back into my normal schedule. So. This was the first of hopefully many. It's supposed to be weekly or at least close to it as I can possibly get around my other work schedule. So please look forward to that. I know it's something that I've enjoyed uh, getting back into since it's been a long time, Jake, since I've covered the NFL draft unto itself on a full-time basis. So it's, it's really fun that Barry has given me this opportunity and allowed us to become really the first Cleveland media site that will have not only myself but Stephen Thomas covering the draft year-round to make sure – you're completely caught up with all things that revolve around talent evaluation, the Cleveland Browns, and just the NFL draft in general. Yeah, we're excited. I think it's going to be great. I think you both are awesome at it. And, um, you know, first, I, I should backtrack a little bit. Glad you're healthy. Glad everything is okay. And the fingers are twitching and typing and all that good stuff again. And, and um, you know, at this time, it's it's uh, something you don't take for granted. So I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're good. And we're glad you got this up because – it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. You know, people might say, "Well, why are you talking about the draft? It's a year away." Well, they're talking about it in the, in Berea, so we're gonna talk about it. And we have enough devoted fans to this site that care enough about the draft that we are, like Sobo said, going to be on the forefront of covering this thing 365. So the first one we have up, you should go read. It is it just posted eight hours ago. Well, this is we're recording this on Tuesday night. You're not gonna to get to this to your Wednesday, so it's a day old. But you can get there and still check it out. Um, and, and, and the big topic here you start with is the tanking for Trevor. So I'm going to put 
you on the hot seat right away, okay? Okay. From a Browns perspective, say hypothetical world here. So and this is not my prediction. I'm just just putting this out there to put in your put in your griddle so you can cook this thing up. Say Baker Mayfield has another disappointing season to the to the tune of what we saw this year, something eerily similar. Again, not what I think is going to happen, but say it does happen. And we talk about Trevor Lawrence, you know, when, when, when the season started the year before, just last year, it was tanking for two, and all of a sudden Joe Burrow comes out of nowhere and, you know, whatever happens. It, it, with these quarterbacks year to year, you, you don't know. You think Trevor Lawrence is good. I think Trevor Lawrence is good. You think Justin Fields is good. I think Justin Fields is good. There could be a guy who comes out of nowhere and proves to be better than those guys as a better prospect. Or Trevor and Justin take off, and they're the big one-two guys that are going to be selected, and they're fighting for each other. In a hypothetical sense, I think you know where I'm going with this. Baker doesn't play well. He's going into then year four with two years of bad play under his belt. Do the Browns in that universe, which probably means a poor record, maybe the 8th to 15th pick, go after one of these guys? Do you think one of these quarterbacks that you're talking about here at the top of the class, as we know right now, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, are those type of quarterbacks? Well, the way you have to look at it, first and foremost, is based on what you have. If What you're seeing from Baker Mayfield is an indicator or an aberration. And I use those terms specifically because there's a specific track record when you look towards what he accomplished, not only at, during his rookie season for the Cleveland Browns, but also the two seasons prior to Oklahoma, where his statistics were consistent, consistent when it comes from accuracy, when it comes from working from a clean pocket and delivering the football to, in, in certain cases, not top-notch receivers. Like, you look at his rookie year, you set the NFL rookie record for touchdown passes, and you're throwing to the Hollywood Higgins, and you're throwing to Brashad Perryman, you know? And it wasn't until last year where everything kind of fell apart. And some of that is completely on Baker. I'm not saying it's, it's not. But at the same time, you have two star wide receivers, both who were injured, if not most of all of last season. On top of that, you had a clueless play caller that had no idea what he was doing once he got beyond his initial scripted plays. And there was a lack of discipline within the organization from a top-down perspective. So we can kind of write that year off to a degree. I know recency bias is a, a major deal. I get it. I understand that you don't want to be leading the league or second in the league in interceptions, that your accuracy should be improving, not declining. I get all that, but at the same time, I don't know how anyone expected Baker to excel and succeed when placed in that situation when we look at it in retrospect knowing how everything occurred. So you're essentially coming into this new situation with fresh eyes. How is he going to perform when he's in a system that I believe best caters to his skill set? How is Kevin Stefanski going to respond and develop Baker as a prospect? And all this is going to be intertwined when you're looking at the future of the organization. One of the things I, I was speaking about is long-term team building. And one thing you look at right now is you have a number one overall pick quarterback that even if he doesn't completely become a stud at the position, you still have under potential control for two more years afterwards. And as such, you're not necessarily rushed to get into that position. So when I look at this, and this is something we discussed the Bleach Report recently, is it was specifically attuned to Trevor Lawrence as being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Well, we can't make that statement because he isn't based on what we've seen so far. He doesn't, he doesn't quite stack up 
to that Andrew Andrew Luck standard that we've built in our minds as the perfect quarterback prospect. Or if you want to go back further, John Elway, he's not that guy. He's he didn't play as well as Justin Fields last year. Yeah, he's not as athletic as like say a Kyler Murray. He doesn't have the arm talent of a Patrick Mahomes or a or a Matthew Stafford coming out. He's a very good prospect, as Jake stated, and he's someone that will likely be a top five to top ten draft pick. But at the same time, there is so much uncertainty at that position, even in a class that could be very good with Fields, with Lawrence, with Lance, Trey Lance from South or excuse me, North Dakota State, the Bison. No, no, no Midwesterners here, not not Bison, the Bison. Don't want those people from Fargo coming down and kicking your butts. <laughs> you have so many of these guys that have the talent to move into that, but we just haven't seen it yet to the point where I'm not worried about Baker Mayfield standing as a quarterback because I believe in his talent. And you know me, Jake. I like to prod a little bit. And I sure, certainly got a lot of flack recently on Twitter when I when I responded to a thread about which young quarterback you want on the team and Baker Mayfield wasn't listed. And then I immediately posted that Baker Mayfield's better than at least two of them, his two classmates, if not all four of them. So I, I, because of what I've seen of him, because of the skill set, because of who I believe he is as a player and a person, I expect a bounce back year, and then we won't have to worry about quarterback. The only thing you'll have to worry about, about as a Browns fan is how those quarterbacks will drive other prospects into the team's laps. Well, first, that's a great answer. Um, I, I Again, I, I don't think it gets there. I think he has a bounce back year. I think the structure of what's coming in is – is um is going to obviously help him, and I even think if he doesn't blow the the year out like some of us hope he can, um, if he even has a marginal year somewhere in between, they will continue with him. So I don't see the Browns interested in a quarterback this year. Personally, um, we'll see how it goes down the line. But for now, I think they're fine. Think about this, Jake, for yeah, a second. I mean, seriously, and Lord knows that I bumped into enough of Bills Mafia this past week after my statement on Twitter, but. They are absolutely in love with Josh Allen and will support him at all costs, right? Of course. Baker Mayfield had what we would consider a quote-unquote down year, right? Baker Mayfield threw more touchdowns, had a higher completion percentage, and a higher yards per attempt. And yet that was a down year for him, and Bills fans are laughing to thinking that me stating Baker Mayfield is better than Josh Allen is a joke. I mean – I understand Josh Allen adds aspects on the ground, and yes, his team was more successful. Notice I said team quarterback wins is not a stat, and I'm not arguing with you, Jake. It's not <laughs> happening. Anyhow, um, that, that just kind of places context around what we saw last year with Baker Mayfield. Everything went wrong. Everything. There wasn't one damn thing that went right outside of Nick Chubb in the backfield, and yet he was still putting up better numbers than some of these young quarterbacks people were still fawning over. Yeah, and, and if the system is going to help him alleviate the stress and mistakes that can come from from full field reads and some of those things that I think he struggled with last year, uncertainty about repetition of certain schemes and, and things of that nature, then, then there's no reason to think that the interception numbers won't go down. To what level? I don't know. We're going to have to see. I, he was never a high interception guy at Oklahoma. He's had a couple years of bad runs with interceptions. You would like to see him keep it around that 10 number. Hopefully he can do that, cut down the mistakes. And look, I, I, ultimately, I need to see all of these guys play more. Two years in, it's not enough. I need to see a, a full rookie contract from all of these young quarterbacks uh, to, to, to fully evaluate. And listen, as of right now, would I take Baker over all of them? I still would. Yes, I, I still certainly would. And that's not to knock Josh, who I think has improved to the 
to the tune of, um, you know, there were some that, that wouldn't have given him the light of day as, as an evaluator, and I think he's proven that he's an NFL quarterback where he falls in the range of uh, teetering in the middle to, to, the, to the bottom half. We're going to have to see. Teams will figure out a way to sort of bottle up the run game stuff here over time and make him continue to make accurate throws. How that changes when Buffalo needs him to do those things, needs him to make quality decisions, needs him to to make plays happen. I don't know if he's going to have that in his career. I think I think year three will be extremely interesting for him uh, personally. But let's keep with the Browns. You're, you're looking at projected need areas for next year. Where would you say their top two projected need areas are? And then I know there's a lot to clear up and on the whole season to play and all that stuff. But if you're looking ahead, and if you're the Browns sitting in their draft room, they're having meetings weekly on prospects, so on and so forth, as it sits today, what would you think that they're looking at most heavily for the first round, second round next year? One would have to think it's defensive line, right? I mean, not only are multiple players that were, were going to receive massive reps this year on one-year deals. I'm speaking to Larry Ogunjobi's on the last year of his deal, Andrew Billings, Olivier Vernon's on the last year of his deal. As I mentioned in the piece, Sean Richardson, you can save $12 million by releasing him next offseason. You're also on a team right now that has flirted with Judavion Clowney, flirted with Everson Griffin, <laughs> that you know are is searching for defensive line help. So that would be the immediate place that I'm looking at at the position, much like last year when we came in there thinking, that, you know, these offensive tackles aren't very good. They're going to need to address the position a year from now. That's the way I'm looking at defensive line. The only difference being that the guys that are actually in place are far more talented but you know there's no long-term future there, at least not yet, based on until we see where the contract negotiations go towards the end of this year into next offseason. And so when you look at that, one of the reasons, and I might be jumping ahead here a little bit, Jake, but one of the reasons I started highlighting certain players is I wanted to start breaking down guys that would be specifically interesting to the Cleveland Browns. And I did so with a quick write-up on Gregory, Gregory Rousseau excuse me, from Miami, who was second in college football last year behind Ohio State's Chase Young in sacks as a redshirt freshman. So I'm trying – while we started talking about quarterbacks because quarterbacks drive everything, quarterbacks will are, are basically head up the entire class, and you have to really build out from there, and teams do so. From a Cleveland perspective, you're, you're going the opposite direction. While, you're, while you don't need a quarterback necessarily, what you do need is you're going to need help up front. You're going to need guys that can, that can create and win one-on-one matchups that can not only prevent you from consistently relying on blitz packages that Joe Woods can look at his front four and say, I don't need to necessarily bring extra guys to get to the quarterback to have his defense, defensive scheme operate at the highest uh, efficiency, and I think that's going to be important for this team moving forward is to look at defensive line. And I will say this. I think, I'm sure most people would be surprised that I did not say linebacker. Look, I'm, I've publicly stated it multiple times. I've written it. I've put it on social media. The Cleveland Browns have the worst linebackers in the NFL, period. But at the same time, if you don't value the position enough to invest heavily in it, then you're not necessarily looking at it as a gigantic need when it comes to that position group, because you put far more of a premium, specifically in this case, the defensive line, than you would linebacker. And so while someone in this next year's class potentially is Penn State's Mike, uh, Michael Parsons, he's not someone that's going to be on your radar as much as, say, a Rousseau or uh, a Basham from Wake Forest. You know, those defensive linemen that can step in 
and create disruption to really fulfill what Cleveland wants to do defensively. Yeah, linebacker is, is, is just not going to be a, a position they invest in heavily, like you said. I, I, I think they've identified it, that they're going to just make do as best they can there, and uh, they, they, will, they will pick the bargain free agents and, and pick mid to late round guys like Jacob Phillips and maybe some more next year and just keep trying to add and find diamonds in the rough in that position. So if you guys go to the OBR uh, and check out this article, you'll be able to read up not only on the things we've talked about here, also uh, a little note on um, uh, Justin Ross's situation and Clemson, the wide receiver, as the Browns are going to monitor wide receivers moving forward just by sheer nature of contracts and some of these guys they have on the roster. Not saying it's a need, but they will certainly be at least looking at them. And, you know, Sobo mentioned Gregory Rousseau here. There's a full write-up on him some of his better work, and uh, you can get a feel for him. And keep coming back. These are going to be weekly, like Sobo said. You can you can give a little bit of insight on where the Browns are, what the what the lay of the land is as far as recruit or sorry as far as prospects goes, and you'll get news and notes on a bunch of different stuff. So I appreciate you uh, a writing this and keeping up on this and being uh, our home run hitter in the draft world for us here at the OBR. And, and thanks for joining me tonight, Sobo. No, thank you, Jake. Hope everyone out there enjoys them. I want to take an approach where. You can just be informed. It doesn't necessarily have to be Browns-related, although we'll slant it in that direction when we're looking at the NFL draft. But someone like Justin Ross, that is huge news. Uh, for those who may not be into covering the draft year-round, Justin Ross was my number seven overall prospect when I just did my top 30 prospects a month ago before before everything occurred that we discussed earlier. So keep up on these things because it allows you to – Create informed opinions on who you believe should and should not be the Browns draft picks. And because to me, one of the things that's special about covering the draft, and you can tell the difference between those who do so thoroughly and those who don't, is that it comes down to explanations. I know who I'm speaking with and how much they're into the draft based on the way they discuss their prospects and, and that they viewed them more often than not. And in that case, to me, it's not regurgitation. Even though I may not agree with your point of view, at the same time, at least you have a reasoning behind why you created that point of view. And that is the most important aspect of talent evaluation and standing up for the way you look at the NFL draft and those prospects. And I that gets the utmost respect for me. I, I don't care about mock draft accuracy. I don't necessarily care about behind-the-scenes information unless it's available to us and helps our coverage. But I want to know why you see certain prospects the way that you do and explain it. If you can do those things successfully, that to me, that's the whole fun of this process and what it comes down to is information is power. And I know everyone thinks talent evaluation is this hocus-pocus of – of, of really creating what you see and then just knowing that they're going to develop. That's not how it works. It's, it's all about going and doing the research, understanding the individual, understanding the prospect as a player on the field, and getting all the background information to project them long-term. And that's where the art of it comes in, is that back end of what I just discussed. Well, Browns fans know that they come to the OBR, they're getting as thorough a report from yourself and Steven as is, is entirely possible, and you can take this information and, like you said, use it to form your own opinions. Go watch these guys and um, ask questions, too. Like, if you don't know, the, the Ask the Insider section is what we use to, 
to delve information back and forth and can give you our thoughts on a player if somebody you're interested in or hey uh, you know you can ask Steven or Sobo if they have if have you watched this guy from this school for an opinion and maybe it turns it, it turns that you know turns the page over to them so Sobo's great man he's going to keep doing these I really appreciate him joining us um, you know it's fantastic stuff and I hope you guys get over there and read it and I hope you're staying safe most importantly um, listening to each other, hearing each other, feeling each other, understanding that just treating people the right way is the best way all the time. And there's no, should be no divide on that concept. So we appreciate you tuning into the OBR uh, for today's Newswire podcast. And make sure you're checking out the site and make sure you're coming back to us for all your Browns coverage as, as uh, we're about as well-rounded as you will find in the market. So until we chat next time, guys, appreciate you. Go Browns. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.